are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Here we are on the second Sunday of the Advent season, Advent being the four-Sunday time before Christmas, a time for us to prepare for the coming of Jesus into the world. And on this second Sunday, not only did we celebrate baptism, but we also meet John the Baptist. You got a little introduction to him just now. He's an unusual character with a profound message, a message which can be understood, particularly one word of his message. Before I read the scripture, I want to note just a couple of things. Matthew uses the term kingdom of heaven. The other gospels use the term kingdom of God. They're essentially interchangeable. Um, And the other thing that I think is worth noticing before we hear the scripture is how John the Baptist points forward to another baptism, um, not simply a baptism of repentance. Listen for God's word from Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is what one of the prophets, this is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John continued saying, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Thanks be to God for the words of Scripture. Repent, says John the Baptist. That word repent is often misunderstood, simply evoking for some people guilt and shame, and nothing else. People might be tempted to think that repentance means you better shape up or God's not going to love you, as if God's love was entirely dependent on our actions. It doesn't work like that. Repent isn't simply about feeling bad for things that we've done. What it really means at a deeper level, it's about changing, transforming. The common English Bible Um, phrases it interestingly, instead of using the word repent, it uses the phrase change your hearts and lives. So repentance isn't someone wagging a finger at you and telling you how bad you are. It's an invitation, an invitation to walk into new life, to live as new people. 
And John's call for repentance is for everyone. Sometimes when we start talking about sin and things that people do, we like to point fingers at other people. Well, John had sharp words for the Pharisees and Sadducees of his day, the religious elites of the day, who seemed to think that they were just fine. He said, don't presume to say we have Abraham as our ancestor. Don't claim your religious credentials. You know, it's not going to get you off the hook. It would, you know, if John was here today, he might say, just because you went to the Presbyterian church doesn't mean you got it all together. Right? This call to repent is for everyone. For everyone. A A call to be transformed. And the goal is fruitful living. It's for us. It's for those people out there. It's for everyone. And it's vital to realize that this call to repent um, is a response to God's love. This is an important theological point that I think we need to remember. Look at the text. It says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It doesn't say repent so that the kingdom of heaven will come near. This new kingdom is already on the way, says John the Baptist, and we're invited to welcome it and even be part of it. So it's time to change to live as new people. Repentance is an invitation to respond to the love of God that's known in the birth of Jesus and in the kingdom of God. We see the same sequence with the Ten Commandments. On the first Sunday of every month, we remember the Ten Commandments. It's important to remember the history of that. You look at what happens with that. God rescues the people from Egypt, from slavery, from oppression, and then God gives them the Ten Commandments to guide them in their new life. Sometimes we like to think it was the other way around, that God said, well, here are these 10 things you have to do, and if you do a good job with them, I'll save you. Didn't happen like that. God saves first and then gives guidance for the new life. Ten commandments are kind of like guardrails to stay on the path, not conditions for God's love. Same thing with our understanding of God's kingdom. Jesus comes, John the Baptist comes, announcing the kingdom, and we're invited to respond. We're invited to be part of it. Repentance is part of that response. God acts with love to save the people, and the people are invited to respond. So it seems like our task is to open our eyes and to recognize God's love, to recognize the kingdom, and then to start figuring out how to live in new ways, to change our hearts, to change our lives. A lot of good examples of hearts and lives that got changed. One of the best ones this time of year is that green guy called the Grinch who was mean and unpleasant and unhappy about everything. And despite all that, love surrounded him, joy surrounded him, music surrounded him, and his heart and his life was changed because of that. I don't want to go too far with the analogy, but in a sense, the Grinch experienced repentance. He was surrounded by love and his life changed. Maybe that's a good model for us to recognize, to hear the music, and to let God's love change us. So as we think about repentance today, I want to leave you with three words to help in this season of Advent, to help understand this guy, John the Baptist. The first word is choose. Choose. Life is full of choices. Christian life is full of choices. When we have baptisms, when we welcome new members, we ask them questions and we say, do you turn from the ways of sin and turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior? It's a choice. Are you going to go this way? Are you going to go this way? 
Now, we all know that life isn't always as simple as having a, good path, a bad path and a good path, right? But there are choices that we make on a day like when, when we have baptisms and really any, any day. In Deuteronomy, we see and hear the same thing. Moses is giving his final sermon to the people just as they're about to reach the promised land. And in this final sermon, he tells them, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Choose life so you and your descendants may live. God, Moses speaking God's words for the people, telling them they have a choice to make that day and every day. Repentance is about changing direction, changing our minds, living in a new way, making a new choice. Maybe we need to make some new choices this season as we welcome God's love. That's word number one, but as I've said, the, the choices aren't always crystal clear. It's not always obvious that we're supposed to go this way instead of this way. So that's why word number two is important, and that word is evaluate. Sometimes we're faced with a lot of choices or a lot of options, a lot of potential paths. We need to sit down and think and ponder and discuss with friends what those choices are. And believe it or not, the Presbyterian Church's Book of Order, our Constitution, has some words that help us with this process. Part of our um, book of order has a section about what it means to be a member. And it says, a faithful member bears witness to God's love and grace and promises to be involved responsibly in the ministry of Christ church. Such involvement includes, and then there's 12 bullet points after that, about what faithful membership, faithful Christian living looks like. And there are things that you might expect, like worship and studying scripture and taking care of one another and making a difference in the world, caring for God's creation, but the very last point on that list about what it means to be a member, it says such involvement includes renewing and evaluating regularly the integrity of one's membership and considering ways in which one's participation in the worship and service of the church may be increased and made more meaningful. So that's our invitation on a regular basis to be evaluating how we're doing as members of this church and I would expand it to how we're doing as Christians, how we're doing as human beings, how are we living with God's love in our lives, in the world, and in the church. And that takes some reflection, some intentional deliberate pondering. Advent's a great season to be thinking about the paths we're going on, which way we're going, to evaluate. I'm glad we have small groups at this church. Those are places where conversations happen and people can together reflect and evaluate on how the faith journey is going. So we've got choose, we've got reflect. Oh, wait, we've got the quote, too. I've got to include that. Um, that's in your bulletin today. And David Bartlett, theology professor, um, has a wonderful way of putting it um, when we think about you know, behavior and choices that we make. He says, if God does not care about what I do, I'll begin to suspect that God does not actually care about me. If God loves me enough to welcome me into Christ's family, then God loves me enough to expect something of me. That's where the evaluation comes in, to think about what's God expecting of me this day, this week, this year, this life? Good questions to ponder this season of Advent or any time. So we've got three words. We've got choose, we've got evaluate, and the third one is pray pray, to ask God to be involved in this process, to ask God to help us with the process because we can't do it by ourselves. Pretty much every day, in one way or another, I will pray, dear God, give me strength. Help me be the person you want me to be today. Help me to be a good husband. Help me to be a good father. Help me to be a good pastor. Help me to be a decent human being. 
Some days, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll pray, dear God, help me to not be a jerk today. Right? Asking God to help with that process of transformation. It's hard to do by ourselves. And we can pray together. We can pray for one another. Maybe you want to have some conversations with somebody and ask somebody to pray for you on the journey of faith. Sometimes I even get on my 58-year-old knees for a prayer like this. Dear God, give me strength. So, thinking about repentance in the season of Advent, um, what might that look like for each of us? It's going to look different for all of us. And I want to close by just offering a couple suggestions, food for thought, of what repentance might look like for some of us. And keep in mind, as I offer these suggestions, my invitation is for you to think about yourself, not to start thinking about how the other people in your life need to change and get better and improve themselves. So one option, maybe, maybe repentance means recognizing and dealing with an addiction in your life. There are a lot of things that can get a hold of us and control us and get us going in the wrong direction. And repentance is about going in the right direction. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, there are groups of people who come to this church and sit in circles and share stories going through the 12-step process. And they're trying to, in a sense, repent, in a sense, redirect their lives and get back on track. I admire the courage and wisdom and grace for people in 12-step programs. Any addiction can prevent us from connecting with God. Maybe repentance for you will look like a new relationship with technology. I love technology. I have my phone. It's right here. I use it all the time. I've got a tablet. I use it. Um, But I have conversations all the time with people who feel like they get sucked in. Technology can be wonderful, but it can also just suck us into all sorts of things. So maybe... Maybe we're spending excessive amounts of time on our devices. And when we do that, we miss out on the abundant life that God offers. So maybe repentance has something to do with screen time for you. Maybe repentance means learning something new. Getting a new perspective on life, on history, on culture, on yourself. Maybe it means signing up for the Black History for a New Day class that will be happening early next year, an opportunity to think about our history and learn some things that most of us didn't learn in our high school history classes. Maybe it means sitting down with somebody you know who has very different political views than you do or different opinions about issues or whatever and sit down with them and listen and ask some questions and try to understand who they are and why they hold that position and maybe even find some common ground. Maybe repentance means, especially in this holiday season, when a lot of us are going to be reconnecting with family members, maybe it means rethinking and new engagement with the people in your life. Maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's other kids at school, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's not taking our loved ones for granted or doing what we can to heal broken relationships. Pray for forgiveness, to pray for the courage to say what might need to be said that hasn't been said for years. A lot of possibilities before us. So those are a lot of possibilities for repentance. Your repentance this season might look different, but, but maybe for all of us, repentance means finally letting go of 
whatever it is that keeps us from missing the good news. The good news that God loves us. We celebrated that at baptism this morning, celebrating that Everly Jean Fields is a beloved child of God, and that's the truth for all of us. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we, we, we miss that message that God loves each and every one of us unconditionally, now and forever. And when we get that message, you know, when we get the message of forgiveness and new life, new purpose, what a gift. So I know December is a busy month with all the decorations and gifts and cookies and music and all that. There's a lot to do, a lot on our lists for December, but maybe adding repentance would be a good addition. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of this time of year. Thank you for the light that shines in the darkness. Thank you for the ministry of John the Baptist who said harsh words to wake us up to wake us up to the reality of your love, to wake us up to the call to live responsively to that love. Give us the courage and grace and wisdom to take steps to get back on track if we've gotten off track. Help us be loving and gracious and supportive of the people around us who might be trying to do the same thing. We thank you for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the one who leads us forward on the journey. Amen.